Good morning, MRCC. Happy Baptism Sunday to you. Let's gather together and make this a day of celebration. The Holy Spirit's in the house. Hey. Celebrate with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We approach your throne with gladness today, Lord. Hey. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. Amen. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. That's right, church. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 
must not be afraid. This new life, you are confident. You made a way. Yeah. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies to all my fears. Let's lift this up today, church. brothers and sisters in Christ. 
as they publicly declare their faith in the one who saves with a public act of baptism. So can we together, before this act, remember the significance of these words. We are free from fear. We are children of God. Can we sing that together, church? Because I'm no longer a slave to fear. Yes. I am a child of God. Yes, I'm no longer. I'm no longer a slave to fear. We rejoice in what you have done in us, in what you have done for us. And as your people gather together in your church, we give you glory. We praise you, we worship you, and we celebrate the evidence of your Spirit's work in the hearts of so many today as we come to baptism, God. We rejoice, and Lord, those of us who long ago made that public confession of faith. God, we rejoice in the fact that no matter how long ago it was, to you it was yesterday, and to you it's forever. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you. Be exalted this morning in your church as we celebrate together your gospel. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you be seated, please, friends? We're going to continue in worship in a little bit after after our baptisms but you know just like that song reminds us to his, the Bible says to as many as received him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God and that is what we are this morning friends over the course of the morning over all three services we're thrilled to be able to celebrate with 34 people who will be baptized this morning. Can we just give God praise for that? Yeah. Some adults, some teenagers, some children. And let's remember something this morning as we get ready to baptize. It's not, it's not this ritual that makes us God's son and daughters. It's what happens inside of our hearts in that moment when we believe. And this is our public confession of that faith. And it's incredibly significant because Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. The Lord himself insisted on this public confession of his own faith. Remember, he came to John, and John said, Wow, isn't this backwards? That's my paraphrase. John said, No. Jesus said, No, I, I want you to do this. I want to make my public confession of faith, just like I'm calling other people to do. And the significance of this morning, let, let's not miss it. This seems like a small moment. But Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's small. It's so small. CNN, Fox News, none of them are here to televise this. But this is infinitely more significant than anything they'll ever televise. Because here today, God sees what happens. God sees and God remembers what happens. We get caught up in kind of the spectacle of our world and we think that if something isn't 
a big event on TV. It's not important. The reality is Jesus knew this is more important than anything that'll ever happen in the news. Amen? Amen. So each of the folks that comes today has made that decision to confess their faith publicly. Those who are children, those who are under 12, each of them has met with Pastor Allison and their parents to judge whether they're ready to make that confession of faith. We let mom and dad decide that in consult with our kids' pastor. So each of them has come to that moment, is ready for that. There's a list of names up here on the screen. Nine adults, 13 teenagers, 13 little ones. Pretty neat, pretty neat. So let's, let's, let's do this. David, you're first, my brother. Come on up, would you? Congratulations. Congratulations, my brother. Thank it's you. plenty warm, isn't it? It's yeah. Very Amen. Warm. Amen. Take a moment and just look out because you're you're kind of stuck with these folks forever now, <laughs> which is like a long time. Uh, David has come down a similar journey to mine. Once upon a time calling himself an atheist, and now here we are baptizing together. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. In just a moment. I'm going to ask you that most important question of all. But first, is there anything that you would like to say to folks this morning? Uh, Don't have to. <laughs> Caught you off guard. Yeah, uh, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, I've needed this. Uh, I've been thinking about it since about 2017. My wife, Cassie, is mostly responsible for this. But there is a Holy Spirit moving throughout this nation. And this Hallelujah. And calling the children to Christ. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Here you are, just like me, brother. Just like me. Okay, David, I'm going to ask you right now the most important question of your whole life. You ready? It's a simple one. Do you, Dave, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again, and that he's coming back? Absolutely. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Be seated, brother. Turn around. Here you go. All right, yeah, you want to cover your nose so we don't get any water up your nose there? There you go. <laughs> and I want to remind you, Dave, in this moment, Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. So, Dave, upon your confession, go ahead and cover your nose there, brother. Upon your confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Congratulations, man. That's forever. That's forever. Yeah. Uh -huh. Woo! Hallelujah. That's good stuff. Amen. Congratulations. Jessica, you're on, sis. Come up and join us. I know this has been a, a decision that you've taken your time and really thought through, waited for this moment, and it's a big, it's plenty warm, so you're good. Yeah, 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 there you go. Go ahead and look out at your uh, forever family, such as it is, right? Here we are. Congratulations. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to say to everybody? No, that's all right. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Okay, sis. I'm going to ask you now the most important question of your entire life. You ready? Jessica, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, 
that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again and that he's coming again. Amen. Okay. Be seated, my sister. Go ahead and cover your nose. There you go. And let me remind you of the promise Jesus made. He said, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge her before my Father in heaven. So Jessica, upon your confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Woo! Congratulations. That's forever, sis. That's forever. places with you, buddy. Okay, Rylan. Let's do this, dude. Yeah, you can step all the way down there. All right, dude. Super important question. You ready? All right. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for your sins, he was raised again on the third day, that he's coming back one day. You do? You plan to follow him for the rest of your life? Yes. Yeah, all right, dude. All right, dude, here, I want you to sit down. Confession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. sins. He was risen again the third day, and he's coming again one day. 
All right, you're going to follow him for the rest of your life. All right, that makes us brothers, dude. That's exciting. Okay, go ahead and sit down. Is there anything that you want to say before we do this? Okay, good. Based on your confession of faith, you put this there, other hand. Yeah, that'll make it easy. Based on your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. sister give me a high five all right do you want to say that was a perfect high five you want to say anything or just thank anybody or say anything you don't have to sure i just wanted to say that i'm thankful for my friends and family supporting me and i'm excited to live a life with jesus yeah girl okay you take a seat i'm gonna have you put one hand on your nose i'm gonna have you hold your other wrist yeah that's perfect thank you okay so based on your confession of faith i baptize you in the name of the father the sun and the Holy Spirit. Tyler, this reminds me of when we were on the youth leadership trip together we woke up before everybody else go swim in the pool. This is cool, dude. Those moments like that with you, Tyler, are moments where I realized I got to see like a glimpse of what God's doing in you. And honestly, Tyler, nobody else in the room probably knows this, or, or not many, but your just trust and faith in God, your love for Him, and your pure childlike love for Him is one of the most impactful things I've ever seen in somebody. I'm excited for you, dude. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a question. There's a few questions, all in one. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He died for your sins. He was risen on the third day, and he's coming again one day. All right, you're gonna follow him for the rest of your life. All right, brother. Is there anything you wanna say? Uh, I'm just, God is so faithful, and uh, he's so good. I'm happy to be here. All right, man. Amen. Okay, grab a seat. Tyler, I'm so thankful for you. Put one hand on your nose. Put one hand uh, here. Just hold it like that. You're very strong. Okay. Based on your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. joy my favorite Sunday ever when I get to be standing here after having some awesome conversations with kids uh, just about their walk with Jesus 
That's why we do Sunday morning. That's why we do events. That's why we have personal relationship. It's why we come together. And I'm so excited. Um, I babysat this girl when she was this big. So I've known you for a long time. <laughs> so this is my joy to celebrate with you. This is your church family. Look out at them. Aren't they beautiful? Do you want to say anything to them? No way. <laughs> I'm going to have you sit down right here so I can ask you those questions because then I can be right here. I love it when I can look eye to eye with our kids and say, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he rose from the grave so you can have eternal life and that he's coming back again someday? Amen. Can I tell you something special? The Bible teaches us what Jesus said is that whoever acknowledges me before my friends, before me in heaven, he'll acknowledge you in heaven. I said that totally backwards. Whoever acknowledges me before others. There we go. These are your others. Whoever acknowledges me before others. God says he'll acknowledge you in heaven before his Father in heaven. Isn't that amazing? It's an amazing truth to, to celebrate this morning. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's bring this hand up. And this one too. Based on your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Lauren's sister. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say your sister's name. No, this is Lauren. Come on. That was. I didn't say Natalie's name when she first came up because she just came up with me. So I wanted everybody here to know. And this is Sister Lauren, who's like crying because she's so happy to see her sister. Look at these people. This is your family right here. <laughs> I love it. This is a beautiful day, right? awesome to be sitting by your sister today and to be able to walk. Um, I didn't get to babysit this one nearly as much, um, but she has told me a thing or two about how to run events. So um, she's going to be an event planner someday. I just know it. <laughs> she's got all the good ideas right here. So Lauren, uh, look out at your church family. Is there anything you want to say to them? No way. That's okay. I wouldn't want to anyway. Here, have a seat right here. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sin? Do you believe that he rose from the grave so you can have eternal life and that he's coming back again someday? Yes. Amen. You know, um, I said that to your sister and I totally messed it up, but it's true. Whenever you acknowledge Jesus before others, he will acknowledge you before your Father in heaven. Amazing? amazing truth that you get to walk with. Do you plan to follow Jesus every day of your life? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, based on that confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sixers. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Have a seat right here, honey. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You know, we are here because you've chosen to follow Jesus and that you have received him into your heart. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Do you believe that he rose from the grave so you could have eternal life? Do you believe that he is coming back again someday? Oh, yeah. Amen. And do you plan to follow Jesus every day of your life? This is the most beautiful thing ever. This is, I love it. I love standing here with you to be able to talk about your confession of faith, that you have Jesus in your heart. And in this moment, you're letting everybody else know I plan to follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you know, you just acknowledge your faith with everybody. That means Jesus will acknowledge you in heaven. Amen? Based on your confession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. until he's 95. I know it. <laughs> I love that we've gotten to, oh, he's like, I don't need a help. I know you don't. He's, you're the taller one. This is good. Look out here at these people. This is your family. <laughs> Are they not that scary? <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything you want to say to them? No. <laughs> That's awesome. You can sit down right here. Dylan, I'm excited to celebrate this with you. I'm excited to see the journey that you've been on and the places where you're headed. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and, and grow with you. Your church family is here to support you too. All along the way. That's why we do this. You've already got Jesus in your heart. But here we're saying to our family, walk with me and help me. Yeah? <laughs> do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sin? Do you believe that he rose from the grave so you can have eternal life and that he's coming back again someday? Yes. Amen. Amen. And do you know that because you acknowledge this before others, Jesus says he'll acknowledge you before God in heaven. Amazing. Yeah? I love it. You know, based on your confession of faith in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, this is why we do what we do. This is why we persevere. This is what we're about. And the day is coming when this is all that matters, that moment of faith, that confession of faith. So let's worship together. Let's continue in worship. Would you stand with me as we excuse the kids to go back to Kids Church and let's continue in worship this morning. We hear 
Hallelujah, God, be glorified in your church. We celebrate your work in the lives of so many this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that we, your church, get to be part of what you're doing in every one of those lives, God. Thank you for letting us be a part of that, God. We rejoice in who you are. We celebrate your gospel of grace this morning together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, there were times last year when some of us were afraid we would never feel like this again. <laughs> the kingdom's bigger than whatever's going on in the world. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful morning. Would you take a moment and greet the person next to you? Make sure they feel welcome. Say hi to somebody. Would you do Welcome again to first service this morning. We get to do this two more times this morning, which is pretty neat. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's just good stuff. It's just good stuff. And can I, can I just remind us of something before we move on with a little bit of time that we have left? Can I just remind you of this? That every single person that we celebrated with this morning, they came to this moment not all by themselves, Obviously, Jesus said it's the Holy Spirit who draws us to the Father. But humanly speaking, many of us, sometimes all of us, played a part in that journey. The Bible says that when it comes to people becoming believers and choosing to follow Jesus, that it's not something one person does for one person. The scripture puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 3. It says, one man plants a seed. Somebody else waters the seed. Then the day comes when that seed is harvested. In the end, God makes it grow. But we all play a part in that. Church, understand, every single time you chose to serve, you were part of that person's journey. Every single time you and me chose to give, we were part of that person's journey. Every time we came together in worship and created moments of, of, of life together in Christ, every time we were part of that journey. And it is our faithfulness in those months, years for many people. It's our faithfulness in those moments that God uses again and again and again. And so this is a, a time not only for us to celebrate, for, but for us to realize that God uses our faithfulness. You know, when I was a, a young believer, um, I grabbed onto a verse in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 15, parable of the sower. Jesus said this, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart 
who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. When we stay steady in the lives of those around us, God uses us in those lives. Amen? And that's what this morning is about. So maybe just a short round of applause for ourselves this morning. Could you just give... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's like, you know, somebody's always telling you to clap in church. I thought I'd do it one more time. But uh, anyway, good stuff. Really good stuff. Hey, a couple quick things to call your attention to. Uh, one is tomorrow night, fellas, is our Band of Brothers monthly men's dinner. That'll be happening tomorrow night, 6.30 here in the sanctuary. We provide dinner. You bring a friend, no cost. It's always a great time together. So tomorrow night, Band of Brothers happens. Coming up very quickly on the 13th of June, that's Sunday, it's just, what, about three weeks away, will be our first picnic together as a church. We had no picnics last summer. We get to have our first one on Sunday, June 13th. It'll happen out here on the campus. We'll have lots of stuff for the kids. We provide everything food and all of the above. If you can help us out with setup, tear down, cooking, clean up, all that kind of stuff, we would sure love to hear from you. You stop by the guest center, let them know, give us a call in the office. We'll be talking about it in the coming weeks, but uh, the 13th of June will be that first summer picnic. And then the last thing is that we're getting ready for our seniors to graduate from high school. So moms, dads, we want to get a, this, a senior picture that we can use to celebrate on that senior Sunday. So if you have a teenager, a young man, young woman graduating from high school, please get in touch with the church office. We want to get a good picture that we can use to celebrate their graduation. You can ask for Pastor Josh, our youth pastor, and he would be thrilled to work with you and make sure that that happens because we're coming up. It's hard to believe, but we're coming up on, on graduation already. So neat stuff, neat stuff. Um, Next week, actually the week after next, after Memorial Day, we are going to start a new teaching series I'm really excited about. It's called The Magnificent Seven. I talked about it last week, but what it's really about is seven prophets in the Old Testament that uh, most of us probably don't know very well. People like Habakkuk and Hosea and Joel and Obadiah, Haggai, Malachi, some of these people that many of us don't know. We're going to get to know God's, what are called the minor prophets in, in his words, starting that week right after Memorial Day. So something to look forward to. This morning, I want to invite you to, to open your Bible and turn it to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. Matthew, chapter 13. And, and we don't have a lot of time this morning, but, but God wants to say something very specific to us on this Baptism Sunday. And at this time of year, it's a pretty easy question to ask, but would you raise your hand if you hate weeds? Just go ahead and put your hand up, right? I mean, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands for people who love weeds, because then we would expose all the liars in our midst, you know, because the reality is who likes weeds? Everybody wants to get rid of weeds. And I like to tell the story uh, uh, last summer, uh, actually last spring, just about this time of year. Uh, Rhonda took a trip to be with her family. She was gone for five days down in Oregon. I was home alone. And, and Rhonda works, my wife, incredibly hard at uh, planting this beautiful display of flowers all around our house. It's gorgeous. It runs from the porch up to the sidewalk and all around the front of the house and around to the side. And she picks all the flowers out and the colors all go together. It's just, it's pretty spectacular. And she puts a lot of work into it. Every time I come home from work, every time I come home from anywhere and I walk by, I think, wow, that's just gorgeous. And she loves it. Uh, it's, her happy place is to be out there digging in the dirt like that. And, and every time she goes out to do that, I think to myself, I should go and help her. 
but I don't go and help her, all right? She, I just pretty much let her have that joy. Honey, you love that. It's like our son said to his mom one time, but you like doing laundry. Well, uh, I don't know. Anyway, she does this uh, beautiful thing. Well, she was gone for those five days, and, and it had been a really busy time, and I knew that she wanted to get out there and weed her flowers, but she hadn't had time to. And so she was gone, and about three days after she left, it took three days, I had the thought... I should go weed her flowers for her. So I did. I went out and spent several hours patting myself on the back and looking forward to, to blessing her when she came home and that weeding job was, was all taken care of and done. But when she got home and I was standing out front waiting to call attention to what I had done for her, because that's what husbands do, right? And she came walking up and I said, Honey, I want you to check out your flower bed. And she looked at it and she said, what did you do? <laughs> it turns out there's a flower called a lupin that looks like a weed to me. And she had used them as kind of the framing for her whole display. And I pulled every one of those suckers out of there. And I threw them away with relish in my heart. And then realized what an idiot I am. It's like that moment Matt Damon says in The Martian, why did I do that? Because I'm stupid. That's what I did in that moment. You know, my zeal to do things like that can sometimes be pretty high. Around our house, I'm constantly the one who picks stuff up. Rhonda really cleans it, I just pick it up. If anything's out of place, I gotta move it, I gotta fix it, I gotta deal with whatever's out of place. And, and that can be a blessing. That can be useful sometimes. But other times especially when I don't know what I'm doing, it can be a disaster. And I share that story because, because Jesus told a story about weeds to make a point to us about what role we are called to play in the world and what role we are not called to play in the world. And it's found in Matthew chapter 13 when Jesus tells a parable called uh, the parable of the weeds. Listen to what our Lord says, friends. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. And when the weeds sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. It's not hard to picture. We've all seen this. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, Jesus replied. Now, I want to stop in the middle of the story for a moment and just take in what our Lord is saying to us here. Obviously, Jesus isn't just talking about gardening in this moment. He tells us right at the beginning that he's just using gardening to talk to us about the reality of the kingdom of God. Specifically, how the kingdom of God happens in our world here and now. Ultimately and eventually, the kingdom of God will be ushered in with Jesus' return, with power, with judgment, with glory, putting an end to the age. Obviously, that's the ultimate incarnation of the kingdom of God. But friends, please understand, it is not the only one. 
And in fact, to say to ourselves, hey, Jesus, I know your kingdom's coming someday, so I'm happy to hang out and wait for it and just get on with my own business until that moment is to completely miss what he's saying. When Jesus first began to preach, the first message that he gave was this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's here now. It has begun. And when the Sadducees and Pharisees came to Jesus one time and said, Lord, when will your kingdom come? He said, hey, it doesn't come with your careful observation. Don't don't look for a date on a calendar. He said, the kingdom is within you. It is among you. It has already begun. It is at work in our world right now. We see the evidence of his kingdom in the confessions of faith this morning. We see the evidence of his kingdom in our faithfulness to him as our king. Jesus is talking about the present reality of the kingdom in this moment. And what he's saying to us is that it is something that is happening already. Now that's important to grasp because of the point that he's about to make. The man in the story that he told sowed good seed, meaning that his plan is and was for a good garden, just like God's plan is for a good world. It is his enemy that sows the weeds. And so you want to grasp right at the outset what Jesus is saying. God's plan for your life is to bless you and to make you a blessing. But you and me, the soil in the story, are susceptible to weeds, (laughs) Our society, our culture, our world, our nation, our community is susceptible to weeds happening. Catch this though. Even while the wheat is also happening. See, sometimes we say to ourselves, well, if weeds are happening, wheat isn't happening. (laughs) Jesus says, no, that's not the case. They happen at the same time. That is crucial to grasp. It's why he tells this story. And the servants in the story, they say when they they see the weeds happening alongside the wheat, they say, where did they come from? We ask ourselves the same kind of question. Why is the world the way that it is? Why is there so much darkness, sadness, evil in our world? Jesus gives an answer. He says that an enemy did this. In other words, there's more going on in the world than we can see. The enemy came at night. He is unseen in his agenda and in his business. Jesus said that's the reality. This is happening. Now, here's where it gets pointed. First of all, spiritual warfare is a profound reality, friends. But it's not Harry Potter. (laughs) It's not spells and counter spells. It has very little to do with the earthly power. It has everything to do with what is going on inside of people and between people. Jesus calls our attention to that reality. Now the the servants respond the way anybody would. Look at what they say, verse 28. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? Now, that's a natural reaction. On the surface, it makes all kinds of sense. But there's more going on than what we see on the surface. Take that in because it's Jesus' point in this moment. We have a tendency to look at what's happening in the world around us and think that's all that's happening. Jesus says, no, 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 no. There's much more going on beneath the surface. When we look around, when we focus on on what's happening around us, we can very quickly talk ourselves 
into the belief that our business is the pulling of weeds. That our business is to counteract that evil by our direct intervention. Jesus says no. Look at his reaction to the disciples when they ask that question. In verse 28, they say, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because, and, and gang, we've only got five or seven minutes together. Please hear this. Please hear the because. No, Jesus says, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Now, in case we get all paranoid, he says, look, at that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burnt, and then gather the weed and bring it into my barn. He says, don't think that if you don't do the weeding, it won't happen. <laughs> no, no, no. Jesus, I got this all figured out. I've got a plan. I will come and I will weed. But I'm a lot smarter than Greg. Greg pulls the flowers and calls them weeds. <laughs> Jesus says, you're dumb like that. He says, you know, to put this kind of parentally, hey, I can't really trust you to do the weeding. This is what my wife said to me afterwards. Please don't weed my flowers. Because you and I don't know how to weed well. Only he does. This is why God teaches us relentlessly that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't take revenge. Leave it to me. I got it. At the end of the day, the weeding will happen perfectly, completely. There's nothing to be afraid of. But he says, in the meantime, don't you focus on weeding. Instead, understand my heart. My heart is to grow some wheat. Do you know that many people are so focused on weeding that they never grow any wheat? And from God's perspective, their life is just a barren field. Wow. That's challenging. Not, none of us wants our life to look to God like a barren field. We want it to look like a fruitful place, a place where wheat grows, a place where a difference is made, a place where people are touched by the gospel, by the good news, by the love of God, by the grace of God. But if we give ourselves the agenda of weeding, that won't happen. Understand what Jesus is saying here. Two things. He says, first of all, God is more concerned about growing wheat than pulling weeds. He's willing to live with a lot of weeds to get to moments like this. <laughs> He's willing to live with a lot of weeds to get to moments like this. That's a big deal. Jesus is saying, hear this, don't misunderstand. He is saying that God would rather have a weedy field than a barren one. Wow. That is an amen. He would rather have a weedy world than a neat and tidy barren one in which no weed is growing. And so he challenges us, so he calls us. I remember when I played soccer back in the day, growing up all through college, and, and I was a defensive player the whole time. I was what was called a sweeper. I played clear at the back, and I loved being back there. It's kind of a strategic place to play, but I thought convinced myself early on that because I was the sweeper, because I was the last guy back on defense, I should never go forward past the midline. <laughs> and so I would, you know, we'd get the ball out of our end and I'd run up there and then I'd stop like I hit a brick wall right at the center line of the pitch. And I stand there, my coach came over to me, I remember in my sophomore year of high school, he says, Greg, 
yeah, you're the, you're the sweeper, you're the chief defender, but you got to go forward when the team goes forward. You got to go be part of that attack. And then he said something I've never forgotten. It's like yesterday, just standing on the field after a scrimmage. He said, Greg, we can't win if we never score. See, somehow I got it into my head that my purpose on the field was to make sure the other team didn't score. And yes, that was part of my role. But at the end of the day, all my thinking could have ever accomplished was a 0-0 tie. And a lot of people hate soccer because it's got so many 0-0 ties. Somebody say amen. Now shut up because I love soccer, okay? But seriously, you get what he was saying. He said, Greg, we got to score. If, if we don't score, we can't win. <laughs> and all of a sudden I realized, oh, oops, sorry. I realized, oh, we got we to gotta move together and we got to go forward. And above all else, really, we have to seek to score. In the same way, Jesus says, hey, I'm here to grow wheat. I'm here to grow wheat, to help people find themselves to this moment when they confess their faith. He says, hey, don't, I got the weeding. It will happen. You don't need to worry about that in the slightest. If I had just waited until my wife got home, the weeding would have happened and she still would have had her lupins, but I didn't. And God says the same thing to us. What matters most to him, friends, is not weed pulling. It's wheat planting. I challenged a friend of mine recently in a pretty tender moment. We were talking together about weeds. And I said to my friend, because I just sensed that the moment was right, and was sensitive and tender, my friend knows how I feel about them, we're close. And I said to my friend, you know, I've known you for 15 years. And I said, I've never once seen you bring a friend to church. Why is that? And my friend was kind of shocked, kind of stunned. But good friends challenge each other in these ways. And my friend said, you know, I think I've just never really tried. And I said, yeah, I get it. All of us fall into that habit sometimes. But I said, let's remember that our Savior says that he would rather have a weedy field with a little weed in it than an immaculate field that's barren where nothing is growing. Can we let the Holy Spirit challenge us on Baptism Sunday to shift our thinking from being weed pullers to being wheat growers? Who in your life needs to hear your story of how God saved you by His grace? Who in your life needs to hear your story about how God has blessed you in your life? How He's papered over your failures, how he's redeemed your, 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 your mistakes, how he has given you, just as we sang a moment ago, beauty for ashes. All of us have those stories. The question is whether we share them, whether we're willing to share them, whether we're seeking to share them. Jesus told this parable so that we, his people, would be wheat growers not weed pullers. And maybe, maybe you right here and right now need to hear your Savior redirect your heart. If so, let him. He does it because he knows there's a moment coming when the weeding will be taken care of and then what will be celebrated is not barren fields. 
Clean and neat fields are not celebrated in heaven. Fruitful ones are. Fields that bear fruit. You know, left to myself because I'm way too male, I would just clean everything around my house, put down river rock, and never have to deal with it again. That would be my mode. But every time I get home and I walk across the sidewalk there and I see what Rhonda has done, I think to myself, you know what, this is way better. This is way better than concrete and river rock. This is gorgeous. This is beautiful. This is living. This is cool. God says, hey, that's what I'm seeking in you. That's what I want to do in your life and mine. remember being on a missions trip in Jamaica many years ago, and I finished with this. And, and we had gone there, uh, church group, we had gone there to uh, work with a, uh, a school in a very poor rural community that had next to nothing. There were no glass in the windows. The chalkboard was half shot, very few chairs. The bathroom was a wide open bath. It was, it was as third world as you can imagine. And when I got there and I saw how dilapidated it was, and my whole focus became, all right, we can do this, we can do this, we can build that, we can redo the bathroom, we can provide a library, we can do all this stuff. And I threw myself into it lock, stock, and barrel, as did our whole team. <sighs> We're going to fix all this stuff. And, th and that was good. That was good. But about halfway through the week, as we're just burning ourselves out on curriculum and construction and all those good things, the missionary pulled me aside and he said something to me I've never forgot. He said, Greg, see all these kids out here? Because while we're working on the school, the kids are running around outside. And to be honest with you, we were more than halfway through the mission trip and I hadn't had one conversation with a kid yet. The missionary said, hey, Pastor Greg, he said, can I tell you something? He said, here in Jamaica, 80% of our kids grow up in fatherless homes. Four out of five. You want to talk about devastation? And he said, do you know what would be really cool? He says, if you'd spend some time just being a dad to some of the kids. I stood there and went, wow. He said, that will echo longer than all the good things you're doing. That night, I went down to the little bazaar in town, and I bought about a zillion soccer balls. <laughs> and the next day, we spent the day playing soccer with kids. And I had more meaningful interactions that day than I'd had all week. There was one point in that afternoon when there must have been a 100 boys gathered around me because I was willing to play soccer with them. See, God sees things a little different. Sure, the construction was good and important and needed to happen, but this was more so. And so it is with us at work, at home, in our neighborhood, wherever. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we thank you for your word this morning. And Jesus, we hear your heart. When you told this parable, you were thinking of all those people that didn't yet know you as their Savior. And your heart was for them. And, and God, sometimes our hearts get distracted from that. We confess it to you. Just like the servants in the story, we get so worried about weeds. But you come and tell us that you'd rather have a weedy field where some weed is growing than a neat and tidy weedless field where nothing is growing. God, help us to be people that bear fruit. <laughs> 
Help us to be people that share your love, your grace, your goodness with the world around us. Show each one of us how to do that. Show each one of us who you want to use us to minister to. We pray for that, God. And as we celebrate Baptism Sunday this morning, let it be a celebration of your heart to grow wheat. We pray for that. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Yeah. You know, the ironic thing is that the more we get focused on pulling weeds, the less love we have for celebrating wheat. And boy, is there a tragedy there. God invites us to rediscover His joy in growing wheat among the weeds. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit go with you throughout this week. Go with God. Tell someone you love them. Have a great afternoon, friend. Everything seems to make no sense I know that you're in control In control I trust you